everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory, a very special Wrong Term Memory this week. Colin, uh, we're doing a live stream and there's actually quite a few people here turned up to watch us live have our normal conversations. But how are you, Colin? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. It's really good to see people for a change and uh, be able to see some listeners, get some immediate feedback, see their, their faces as we make horrible jokes and say stuff that's not that good, get the, the proper real reaction stuff. Oh. Um, but no, it's pretty cool. I like it. I'm actually finger counting one, two, three, four. What have we got? Two, four, six. Nine people here. So that's um, that's a fair whack of people. It's more people than we're used to sort of performing in front of. Need to thank you guys that are sitting here actually looking at us, watching for actually signing up to our Patreon and giving us your hard-earned dollars um, so that we can live this glorious lifestyle that you can see, man. So it is very much... Um, I, we, we want to thank you guys for that and uh, for coming along tonight. We're going to try and be as interactive as possible. Um, so... This is going to go as a show, so any listeners that aren't here, obviously, you're going to hear some new voices and stuff like that. So, Colin, what are we doing to start right now? Uh, to start right now, we are doing petty revenge stories. Um, just people being horrible, petty, vindictive bastards, exactly how we like them. And we're quite bad when we do pods for describing stuff, and we're telling stories with our hands and stuff like that, which is an absolute waste of time on a podcast. But tonight, it might actually come beneficial for at least nine of you, so... That's good. But do you want to do the first one, Jack? Oh, I wanted to maybe ask you first. Anything popped to mind? Have you ever been a vengeful? You seem like a vengeful little dick sometimes, man. So oh, I'm, a, I'm a dick, yeah. <laughs> I'm better now than I used to be. I used to be really bad. Um, I used to be really bad for just t- t- taking dislikings to people. I used to work in a contact centre for a bank. And there was, I think there was about 400, 500 heads in the place. So just by laws of averages, you're going to get enemies and folk you don't like, and people that wear shoes that you don't like, and just any reasons for this. Shoes, I knew you would say that. Um, so I did go through a stage of signing people up to the Labour Party. Um, right, okay. Um, and and put, just basically registering their interest as donors, so they would get phone calls, not only from the Labour Party, but the Labour Party actually asking them how much money they wanted to donate. So that was a thing for a while, um, signing people up to this website, which sent out a doll's house catalogue. So people got this right, like okay. big massive doll's house catalogue delivered to their houses. Just stuff like that. The, the, the best one really is just go to Google, right, and type in call me back. You type in call me back into Google and it brings up every single website that has a call me back function. Fire their phone number into the first 20 and their life's over, basically. They'll never, ever have a quiet phone again. Are those websites still allowed with GDPR and stuff like that nowadays? Surely that's some sort of... Some sort of rules. The website works under the assumption that it is the customer that's filling in the copy back form. Right, okay. And not a predictive little arsehole. <laughs> so it's, yeah, so okay. it's not call them back, it's call me back. Call me right. back, yeah. Right, okay. Well, I suppose you've mentioned it there right at the start. Um, it's one of the first ones that comes up, actually, is just signing bosses' work, mail, uh, work email up to porn sites, basically. So you you never done the porn site thing. Um, do porn sites have newsletters? Do you know what I mean? I think the most, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there must be. I know they they've got a specialist interest in pop ups. I've seen a few in my time, um, but they they must do newsletters and stuff as well. I would imagine. Yeah, you would imagine so. You'd imagine so. We tried to do a newsletter thing. Uh, we got one sign up, and it was a guy. Called, it's not even a guy. It's this cunt called Eric Jones who we might have spoken about before. <laughs> that keeps sending us uh, messages on the long term memory email. The only person that's ever sent a message to it, and it's always about the website and stuff like that. And no matter how many times you try and block him or tell him to fuck off. Um, 
being a bot, he doesn't listen. And just every second day, it's him that's in contact. Old Eric, so I hate him. Uh, he, annoys not, me, he annoys me so much that I replied to him, even knowing that I the email was going to bounce. Yeah, I've replied to him as well. Yeah. Um, it's a really weird email. Well, it's like at GZ mail or something. Yeah, fucking bot. Yeah, bot. Um, we've got a guy here that works at Subway. Um, don't know if you enjoy Subway. And if someone is rude to him, he gives them the end of tomatoes. <laughs> I don't like tomatoes anyway, so... Tomatoes can get the fucking bin, in my opinion. Calling you a tomato fan? Um, up until about a year ago, I probably would have said to get tomatoes in the bin, but I started eating them and I don't... They're now just... They've just kind of joined a network of salad items, which I don't like nor dislike, but I'll eat because they fill up a sandwich or they fill up a salad bowl, do you know what I mean? So I used to not touch them. Now I can, now I can, I can stomach them. Um, I've never really thought about the ends not being very good, though. It's just a tomato is a tomato. I don't know if anybody's more cultured. I don't know if anybody knows about tomatoes that much. Are yeah. the ends of tomatoes generally bad? Would you be it's upset more, if you got the end of a tomato? It's more skin and less juicy tomato maybe, but nah. Yeah, it's, it's, maybe. It's a tomato, it's not a fucking steak, is it? Well, How that. good can it be? Right, so none of these are particularly brilliant, by the way. It's just the pettiness of them that are quite good. Uh, we've got, I had a drunk guy wake me up and try to fight me one night in a hostel. That's kind of what you get for staying in a hostel, I suppose. Um, I was cleaning up in the morning, and he, he was cleaning up. Like it's actually he was cleaning up as part of his deal to stay in the hostel, and he was asleep on the couch, um, so he took his flip-flops and put them in the lost property. That kind of reminds me, I think I've, I've hidden people's shoes in the past um, after, like, like, fives or something like that, out of pettiness, um, because they maybe put a bad tackle in you or something, so you just sort of hide their boxers or something. Um, that's about my level of pettiness is hiding stuff and I don't want to put it in the bin or anything like that I, I wouldn't want to um, destroy somebody's property but maybe hiding it that's about my level of pettiness if I can do I can get behind that one we stayed in a hostel in Berlin eh, on a stag do the famous stag do that Noel Edmonds paid for I've already understood that like, sorry to interrupt see with hostels they cost like say £12 a night if you all chip in you can get like a fucking apartment for a similar type price, like you're not talking that much more, is it? And it's not worth it. It's not worth having to stay in a fucking hostel, in my opinion. I did it once in Amsterdam when I was about 18, but no, never ever again. I wouldn't do it normally, but this was like a stag do and we booked the whole dorm ourselves, so there wasn't any strangers there. So, stranger yeah, okay, danger, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but some of the boys, not me, and I mean that it wasn't me, um, like a wee bit of a drug. And um, you know them. Let's let's fucking name and shame them. Tony Hibbard, that sort of person. Right, okay. And, We're just having a conversation with people nobody else knows here. I, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what we do. Um, they did a they did like a, a reverse petty thing, right? Where they found some Berlin drug dealers and they bought so much drugs they hadn't used them all by the time they left. And in the gardens of the, in, in the gardens of the hostel, there was these little statues, this little knight statue, and they put the leftover drugs in his helmet. And then left reviews on TripAdvisor so people could go and find them when they got there next time. That's so it's quite nice of them, yeah. Was nice, I thought. Yeah, that hostel we stayed in Amsterdam as well. We all took uh, truffles, which are like hallucinogenic, basically super mushrooms, and maybe back to that room and end up getting trapped in that room for like four hours and <laughs> get out of our minds. So uh, also tried to buy ecstasy in Amsterdam and get sold twenty schmints. So. That was our fault. <laughs> I suppose it kind of comes back to booting the balls. You know, you're trying to get drugs and you get sold smints. It's kind of like, 
instant karma. Like you shouldn't be taking drugs. So here's some spints. Yeah. Your breast stinks. Not now, but basically. So yeah. and twenty spints has laxative effects, I would imagine. So you're really fucked. <laughs> it was like it was like oh so excited. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a fucking mint. Yeah. Um right, you want to take the next couple, mate? This be psychopath here. Yeah, so when I was 10, we had to paint birds for art. I think of the feathered variety. Um, I was pretty good at art, but a girl copied my exact one, even though we had to do different ones and I was not pleased. So while we were cleaning up paintbrushes, the painted birds were placed nearby. I put her painting in the sink with the tap running. I pretended I accidentally fell in there and I walked away like nothing happened. I think she got the message that she shouldn't copy. <laughs> I think she got the message, that's sinister, man. Um, when I was in high school, went on vacation with the family. Uh, brought my then girlfriend's earrings to surprise her when I got back. I came back to her introducing me to her new boyfriend. Oh dear. And me subsequently being kicked to the curb. Two years later, we got to talking over Facebook and I initiated a booty call. Afterwards, she told me she had feelings for me again and I responded with a text. Cool. I'm late for dinner. Talk to you later. Best mashed potatoes ever. Um, That's stupid. What did they do that for? I didn't like, like to get in a relationship where you just want to sort of bang and oh right it's okay so you got the call right okay fair enough I thought yeah, he got the booty right, call and then she then. went oh I've got feelings for you again he's went I'm away to get mashed potatoes oh yeah I'm all behind that toxic masculinity behaviour then that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good don't worry like it's all guys here and no patrons are women all, all the women have um, forgot to sign up Obviously, because yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, there's a big crossover in our, our um, listenership of that. Yeah, I think there really, there really is not. Um, one time my brother ate my last popsicle. <laughs> Just the word popsicle gets me. Fucking ice bowl, right? And I was really pissed off about it, so I waited until he was in the shower. I took all the towels out of the bathroom and hid them. He was all wet, and there was nothing he could do about it. <laughs> it's the worst revenge. Ever. <laughs> oh, it's pathetic. Yeah. Um, it was my first day back in my third grade class after being out sick uh, for nearly a week with a stomach flu. I started feeling sick during story time after lunch and raised my hand and asked to go to the bathroom. The teacher told me to put my hand down and shushed me when I tried to protest, so I just proceeded to shit all over the classroom floor. It's not petty revenge, that's full-blown. Like I'm, I'm behind that. It happened to me when I was in primary three, so around about seven or eight. I felt really, really unwell. Uh, at a parents' night, and my teacher was a bitch and said, just sit down, basically. And then I woke up with chicken pox the next day, and my mother never let her live that down, I don't think. Saying, like, you should have came and got his mother. <laughs> like, when somebody's saying they're not well, it doesn't matter if you think they're lying, you come and get the mum. Uh, my mum went through her like a ton of bricks, I think, because, um, yeah, I was off school for obviously a fortnight back then. Well, there's Mark Brown coming in. Yeah, um, the thing about that as well, if you if you become the kid that shits yourself or does something like that in school, you never that you never live that down. That's never forgotten. Like there was a girl in my school who was, I think if I was at school today, she wouldn't be at my school. Put it that way, right? They did found another place for her, right? And we went on a visit to where the RE department was taking us to different like churches and different religions to try and learn about different stuff, right? And we went to this big synagogue, right? And this synagogue was just like full of riches and fanciness and stuff like that. And she put her hand up to ask a question. And she was always good for a question because she was like, you know how when you had school discos, you always needed somebody to get up and dance first and all that. I didn't give a fuck. That was kind of her. Right. So she put her hand up and asked um, this wee rabbi fella, um, is this carpet very expensive? 
And the wee rabbi said, uh, yes, I think so. We've had it for this, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you ask? And he went, because I've peed myself. <laughs> and we, I think we were in first or second year, so it wasn't like a young child or anything. And that poor lassie was, she was like synagogue piss forever after that. Mm-hmm. Just before we move on, oh, well done, Mark. He's went on to mute there. That's great. We, we, we were at a party, a house party, when we were 14 or 15. Uh, the lassie's parents was away. And one of the really quite popular girls at the school shot herself at the party um, and with full-blown shot herself. And it was just before Valentine's Day and she fancied my pal. And my pal sent her a Valentine's card. It said, roses are red, violets are blue. You shot yourself. I laughed at you. Um, so... <laughs> didn't do it in a bath, did she? No, she, it might have... I don't, I don't remember the exact it, place Was it Kieran Porter's party? Who? A guy called Kieran, no? No, it was at a girl's house. All right, cool. That's <clears throat> There's a lot it, of that must have been quite a common thing. Right? It must yeah, have happened a few times. But this lassie shot herself at about the age of 15. Um, well, she's a pretty lassie. I think she's a lawyer now. Not that that makes any difference to her shot herself when she was 15, but uh, quite a successful girl who shot everywhere at a party. Uh, where are we now? Um, in kindergartens. This is some American wanker. Yeah. It was my turn to pick out the book for story time. However, the teacher forgot and picked the kid next to me instead. I think his name was Dave. So I screamed a lot and I hit Dave in the head with a toy truck. <laughs> Serious assault, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, this guy that I considered somewhat of a friend started dating my ex after uh, we broke up. Jokes on him because I still haven't accepted his friend request on Facebook. Hey, what's the what's the longest friend request you've got on Facebook that's just been sitting there like forever that you've not touched? Uh, I just tend to delete them, man, if I don't want them. Oh, see, I can't do that because they know if you've deleted them because they can add you again. So fuck. You keep them hanging, <laughs> they might just think you don't use Facebook. I can't, I can't delete, I can't do that, I can't be that guy. Right, well, right, you take the next one. I'm actually going to open my Facebook and see if I've got any shit in there, mate. So on you go, that's just <laughs> live Facebooking, which is pretty shit. Let me see. 2022. Um, this, this, this must be a barista. If a customer is mean to me, I slam their coffees down. I also walk slower when doing things for them and I give them the smallest cookies. So it's pretty petty, man, but I can get behind that. Like, I can't imagine working in uh, retail. Uh, I don't have any friend request shit in there. I must have deleted them all. Yeah, or maybe you, just you nobody, be, nobody fucking likes me. Yeah. You need to be nice to baristas and stuff like that because it's it is a fucking awful job. So be nice to people. Yeah. Um, I've got, how do you find them? My teacher was being, uh, I don't know, mate. Uh, <laughs> I actually kidded on that. I looked at I did open Facebook, but I don't know where they sit. Um, my teacher was being a total bitch, so I switched uh, the caps and all the sharpies. I didn't choose the thug life. <laughs> it's quite good. Uh, when I was in preschool, this kid looked, told the teacher I was scribbling while we were drawing. I put Legos in his shoes. Again, sort of preschool, was that not? When you're about That's four? Like you four, isn't it? Preschool. I thought preschool would have been before school when you were about four or five, like nursery basically in America. But um, a lot of these are American. Um, I hated my old, my old roommate with a passion. Um, she used to think her 10-week-old puppy was peeing on her pile of clothes. It wasn't the puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, I've got friends requests that are over two years old. No, okay. Uh, one of them is the Glaswegian Ranger Supporters Club. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and one of them is the key store in Bonko Road. <laughs> a shop. Yeah. <laughs> um. I had a co-worker who would eat people's food. Everybody's had somebody like this in their fucking office. They would even eat leftovers out of the work fridge. We put cat shit in a burrito. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I think I've, I've told this before. I think on every podcast I've ever done. But the best example I've ever had was in a workplace I used to work in, where somebody would open the fridge each day, unpack someone's sandwich, take a bite of it, and then put it back, and open somebody's can of juice, and then just put it back as well, so that their sandwich is a bite out of it and their juice was flat. That's like um, psychopathy. I think that's fucking mental. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, it's madness, isn't it? <laughs> why you should get away with that, man. That's pretty rotten. That's pretty rotten. Right, uh, this one I left it last because it's also a pun. Some asshole at the bar told me that he hated smooth adult contemporary rock. So I went to the jukebox and just played Free Falling and Last Dance with Mary Jane for an hour. I literally got petty revenge. Oh, fuck's sake. Okay. Right. So it's petty revenge, right? Nothing sort of groundbreaking in here. Now we get to the part that I enjoy most, which is... Oh, no, we're not quite there yet because we've got two fan fictions, basically, which just a bit of an outline, I think. It's not actually reading the story, and then we're actually going to read two stories to you. So um, let's tell you all about Half-Life Full Consequences, which is a fan fiction story that is on fanfic.net. The story introduces John Freeman as Gordon Freeman's brother. As John is working at his office, he gets an email from Gordon informing him that aliens and monsters were attacking his place, therefore asking him for help. After getting his computer shut down, John goes to the roof of the building where he keeps both his motorcycle and his normal people clothes. Before going to save his brother, John vows that it's time for him to live up to the family name and face full life consequences, Colin. Right, I've got a couple of issues for I continue, right? Okay. Aliens and monsters are attacking you, right? And you get an email about that. That doesn't seem like the best source of communication. Like, the most rapid to send in an email to say you're about to die. Um, waiting for your computer to shut down before you go and help. Boop. All right, just wait. And the roof sounds like the worst possible place to keep your motorbike. Yeah, yeah, your clothes would get wet as well if it rained. Unless you, yeah. I suppose you could keep them in a bag. That's not the biggest issue here. Spider-Man does that, doesn't he? Spider-Man keeps his clothes all, all about the place. But does he not just wear them under? Is that Superman? Well, no. Well, I'm basing this on the canon source, which is the PlayStation game, where oh, okay. he has um, suits all over, all over New York City. Right, okay, okay. That's not um, the end of the story. Um, along the way, he goes past a police officer who wants to give John a ticket. John refuses as soon as he realises that the officer, is, the officer is possessed by a head crab zombie. Mm-hmm. After shooting the officer with a weapon, which he originally didn't have, <laughs> he goes faster, like the speed of sound, to protect Gordon. So he arrives at Ravenholm while uh, writing un- with writing under it saying, you shouldn't come here, all in capital letters. He almost leaves, but then hears screams sounding like his brother. After killing some zombies with his motorcycle, he walks fast and finds a weapon, which he kills zombie ghosts with. There's a couple of zombie ghosts in here now. The ghosts, spelt wrong, uh, tell John that the place they are residing is their house. This makes John feel sorry for them, actually, so he's a little bit of pity for the ghosts, resulting in him blowing up their house. Feel sorry for them, then blows up their house, but this is what old John does. Afterwards, he hears more screaming from his brother. He arrives in time to see that his brother is fighting the final boss. John aids Gordon by, shout- by shooting bullets at the monster's eye. Gordon <laughs> defeats the final boss by punching it in the face. Prince gets shot in the eyes and they just walk up and jab him, and that's him out cold. The brothers celebrate, but it's short-lived because John detects the next boss in inverted commas. In response, Gordon tells John to run out of here as fast as he can. Therefore, Gordon presumably 
presumably sacrifices himself by letting himself get stepped on by the next boss, angering John. John swears that he will avenge his brother by defeating the next boss. My fucking bosses are there. At that point, the story ends, and supposedly, 12 years later, we're still waiting for a sequel for that one, Colin. See, I never played the game Half-Life, so I've got no idea how close that is to Half-Life. I don't know, like... No, I don't I don't get it at all. It sounds stupid, though. The person that wrote it's an idiot. Um, an offer says, therefore, Gordon presumably sacrifices himself. Sure, yeah, yeah. would know. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. just a bunch of bosses coming on, stepping cunts, and that's, that's it. We're fucked. Uh, the death of Nick, mate, and then we're actually going to read verbatim um, something about light and dark, and we've got some Harry Potter for you coming up, which will be... <laughs> It's so strange. Um, yeah. Like, the death of Nick, mate. This one. Yeah, just to have a quick preview of Harry Potter. It's called Harry Twatter and the Stone Hard Penis. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, the death of Nick. The story begins with Trent stabbing Nick in the leg, leading to his untimely death. He apparently killed him with a knife, his guitar, and then his knife again. As he died, Nick called the police, which was ridiculous given the fact he was already dead, and Trent was arrested for first degree murder. Gwen, Nick's apparent girlfriend, greatly grieved over his death, and three days later at his funeral, she and John Lennon um, grieved some more over his death. That's it. So, uh, meanwhile in heaven, Nick meets uh, deceased celebrities, sorry, such as Dennis Hopper. (laughs) Didn't know he was dead. Yeah, he's complaining about a Super Mario movie, (laughs) and Michael Jackson, who invites him to go bowling, uh, is apparent that the the bowling is an other term for thunderstorms which i don't understand at all not at all no and his eighth day in heaven nick suddenly has a flashback mainly involving a crude and atrocious sex scene with him and gwen after the scene he wonders what the fuck i am such an asshole he then returns to heaven where the story remains discontinued what a strange thing just Hello friends, Colin here, the looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrongtermmemory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Dennis Hopper? I, I, that's the bit that got me, to, to be perfectly honest with you. Right, uh, let's read some of this verbatim. I've not read this one. Here we are. You haven't either? No. Fuck me. What if it's shite? <laughs> Maybe shite, but um, then that will be in me. Um, this is called Light and Dark, um, The Adventures of Dark Yagami. So I literally have no idea what's coming here. Um, it was a hot day and Light came home from school. As he got to his house, he saw a strange car outside and he knew immediately it was not American because the wheel was on the wrong side. He walked in the front door to find his dad, uh, Sichorio, and his mum. I can't remember her name, sorry, in uh, brackets. This is the author that's written this. They looked surprised to see him. 
Mom, Dad, what's going on? Light asked him. You just take an expert. Well, this with me, isn't it? Um, Light, we have something to tell you, said his dad while playing with his moustache. This is your twin brother, Dark Yagami, they both said together and pointed to the guy in the corner of the room. Dark looked exactly the same as Light, except he had black hair and was dressed like Mellow. But Light hadn't met Mellow yet, so he didn't know that. <laughs> he got up and walked across the room. Hey, bro, I'm Dark, he said, lolling and offering his hand to shake. <laughs> Uh, how could you not tell me about this? Light shouted, look mad. Um, <laughs> we sent him to a top secret orphanage in Wales, W-H-A-L-E-S. It's a town in England <laughs> where he would learn to be the next L. We can't tell anyone because it's top secret and Kira might find out and Kira might try to kill him, his mum said. Light was crazy and he punched the table. I'm going to my room. Come on, Sayu, he said. And Sayu, Light's sister, followed him up the stairs. I'm sorry, Light, I wanted to tell you about Dark, but Mum and Sukiro wouldn't let me. That's okay, Light replied. You're my sister, and I know how much you love me. Oh. Guess where this is going. Oh. That's thanks, Light, they hugged. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. It was Dark. Come on, Dark, I've got something to show you, Light said, and they went into their room. Oh, here we go. Light's parents had made Light's bed into a double bed. I know what you're thinking, sickos. No, there's no slash. Don't particularly know what that means. Light put the pencil in the door to stop people listening and said, <laughs> I'm Kira. Dark immediately shooted, I know it. You're a worthy successor to L. I know why his successor now, Light said. I think this guy's getting so excited writing this story that he's starting to make more and more mistakes. Yeah, he's he suddenly decided that a pencil is a massive sound implement that stops any sort of sound coming through anything. Right. Okay, yeah. Um Hey, your death note is a different colour to mine, he said, pointing to the black death note in Light's draw. Stop saying colour. You're in America now. It's colour, Light replied, exasperated. Sorry, LOL, Dark said. This is my Shinigami, he said, and Light saw a big monster up here. <laughs> oh, just out of nowhere. Um, he, was like he was like twice the size of Ryuk and had a big mohawk made of blood and skulls. Even Light was scared of him. He was eating bananas like Ryuk ate apples, but there were blood bananas made of blood. <laughs> He's big, said Light, as the Shinigami bit down on his blood banana. What's his name? <laughs> My, name is... My name is Blood. Yeah. Said Blood. I am the new king of the Shinangi, and I have a special death note that kills anyone whose name is written in it, even if you don't know their face or their name. I have to unpack now, said Dark. <laughs> okay, I'll leave you to it, Light replied, and exited the door. Dark took his cell phone out of his special place, and in brackets, figure it out for yourself, lol, and pressed the L button. L's phone began to ring. Hello, who is this? How did you get my number? L said, angry. I am D. Dark said, I have killed Mello and stolen his clothes and run away from Watari's house. <laughs> Fucking hell. What? But Watari would have told me if M was dead, L said, shockingly. Right, Colin, wrap it up, man, before I kill myself. I also killed Watari, said Dark, who was playing with his red death note. L looked around his room. Watari was still standing in the corner, just like he always did. But who's this with me then? L asked. A fake. At that moment, Watari took his mask off and it was... Gasp. Light's dad. <laughs> Die, you pies of shit. So she was pulled out of his gun and pointed at L's head. To be uh, continued. 
die you pies of shit. Superb. That's the, that, that was a good pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we knew nothing about that. So that's like that. that. And Watari and fucking all sorts. Right, Con. When I sent you the link, um, I had put a Pokemon story in here, and mm-hmm. you went, "I don't like that Pokemon story. I'm going to put in uh, Harry Twitter and the Stonehub <laughs> penis." So, yeah. right, let's take us away. Um, I'm going to let you take the first paragraph, mate, to lead us into it because it's quite a chunky paragraph. Wait, there, I fucked up my iPad. Right, you can catch up by the time I've read this. Read this right, go. Right. Uh, Hermione awa- awoken to screams. She'd fallen asleep in the Gryffindor common room with her various erotic spellbooks splashed about around her. <laughs> I wish I was a man, she thought to herself silently. But back to the screaming, Hermione arose cautiously from her comfortable leather chair that caressed her virgin- virginal vagina just so. The screams were obviously emanating from the boys' dormitory. She immediately rushed to the source of the screaming, but alas, she was stopped at the door to the boys' dormitory by that retarded mongoloid kid who's in all the books. You know the one? I think his name is Neville or something. He said, you can't come in here. You don't have a penis. Hermione jumped on his face and suffocated Neville with her cunt muscles. <laughs> no, man, come on. I did not. Oh. She rushed into the sleeping chamber and saw a truly disturbing scene. Harry was lying spread eagle on his bed <laughs> with Ron slamming a brand new Nimbus 3000 broom up Harry's bleeding anus. I've actually lost it with her. <laughs> Blimey, Hermione exclaimed Ron as he flushed a deep red. Actually, it was the same colour as Harry's bleeding rectum. Didn't see you there. Harry was still moaning in ecstasy. It seemed he was so focused on his bleeding anus that he didn't see Hermione's flabbergasted face. Hermione finally regained her composure. Godric's gonads, Ron. (laughs) It looks like Harry will need a powerful healing spell after that ordeal. Look at Hermione, said Ron. I don't think that old shit for balls Dumbledore will take kindly to Harry's bleeding anus. Harry finally spoke up. Hermione, do you want to get in on this? Hermione winked at him. Oh, Harry, you know I only take broomsticks up my throbbing love tunnel. (laughs) Ron was staring at Hermione with a dazed look in his face. Suddenly a hippogriff crashed through the window. You may not know it, but hippogriffs have a sixth sense for broomstick, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> a totally different or... film, Six Sense, doing it. You boys sitting there, somebody's getting fucked with a broomstick. <laughs> right, and this particular go. hippograph, Buckbeak, had a huge rager already. <laughs> Buckbeak uh, was only used to mating with its own species, so it perched on the window and started jacking it as Harry started brooming Ron's poop shit. <laughs> Oh, what did you find this called? One orgasm, two orgasms, three orgasms. A buckbeak was moaning in delight. Hippogriff has a very loud call, so naturally everybody heard. It rushed in, uh, in rushed uh, Professor McGonagall, sorry. She stared for a second and without saying anything, shedded off her robe and underwear, showing her glowing, wrinkly body. She jumped on top of Neville's lifeless body and she took control and bumped him on top until his dead ass came. <laughs> All of a sudden, Draco turns up, of course, enters the room. <laughs> oh, horse feathers, Draco, Harry exclaimed. Even though we are enemies, could you do me the honour of putting your old splinter broomstick inside my stretched out asshole? <laughs> I lost it, said Draco, and he ran out of the room. 
After this happened, Ron just said, I heard he can't get it up. Everyone chuckled and got back to their business. In walked Hagrid, who quickly penetrated Buckbeak. This is fucking awful. Hagrid started pumping his short two and a half inch, but hard unit inside the hippogriff's tight pool. He just with pleasure as the hippogriff continued to squawk. Its high-pitched squawk caused the foundations of the shitty Gryffindor common room to collapse. Nobody noticed that this show fell in the Quidditch stadium, right in the middle of the match between Hucklepuff and Ravenclaw. Practically everyone in the school was watching Harry Brooming Ron, Professor McGonagall fucking the shit out of the lifeless Brooming? Buckbeak and Hermione pleasuring herself rapidly. But soon, everyone in the stands noticed and started to jerk it. Everyone that is, except for Cornelius Fudgepacker. <laughs> this director of the Ministry of Magic was asexual, like Mattel, so he got no pleasure from watching a boy being penetrated by a broom. Uh, luckily, Cornelius Fudgepacker had ass cancer <laughs> that he got from being... <laughs> and watching the production... Of rent more than zero times. I don't even know what that means, man. Suddenly, J.K. Rowling landed in her private jet. <laughs> and she announced in her annoying Cockney accent, really? <laughs> As you can see, I decided to take Harry Potter series in a more adult direction. I think once Harry reaches his fifth year, he would trust his friends enough to allow them to jam a large object up his ass. His parents did die, you fucking assholes. Voldemort iced those cunts. He was like, you look mad cuntish, Harry's parents. Now you're going to be catting <laughs> by my wand. Then Harry's mom was like, fuck that. I'm going to die protecting my son, and my love is going to protect that cunt. And Voldemort was like, haha, that shit's mad corny and gay. You all get iced. And that's basically oh, what happened. I thought I could have shown you that there. That was all in uh, capital letters, that. But they're like, calling on, man, like, they couldn't get really angry at the end there. Is that that finished, please? Uh, no, there are paragraphs. All oh, right, okay, sorry. Uh, needless to say, everyone was shocked. Suddenly, and without warning, <laughs> that one Irish kid, <laughs> his name's Seamus O'Drinky Fights, <laughs> or some shit, started to clap, and the entire magical world joined in, including the horny hippogriff. Needless to say, <laughs> it was super emotional and shit, uh, blah, 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 and lots of pirates showed up and fucked all the women the end. <laughs> Oh, well, well done, Colin. Where do you source this? Where do you find uh, this Harry Potter stuff? So I typed in worst um, Harry Potter fan fiction and I scrolled past the first three because we'd used them already. <laughs> this was the next one. So oh, as soon as I read the first paragraph and I thought that'll do it. Oh, so, um, show drinky fights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, that's us um, for fan fiction. 